All right. Good morning and welcome to the Non-Victim Nation podcast. And this is my first time having a guest uh, to interview. This is Alex Martinez. He is my Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu instructor, a very good friend of mine, and somebody that I've been wanting to interview for a while now to kind of pick his brain and learn more about uh, him and what he's got going on. So uh, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself. Yeah, uh, I'm Alex. Um, I'm a black belt under Professor Paul Nava and Professor Kishinio out of, uh, well, I, my school is out of Mesa, Arizona. Professor Kishinio is out of uh, Goodyear. And um, I'm uh, 50 years old, started jiu-jitsu when I was 40. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here, man. Thanks for having me. <laughs> awesome. So uh, had you practiced other martial arts before you started jiu-jitsu? No, no. Uh, before jiu-jitsu, my exposure to jiu-jitsu is very limited. My kids went to a karate school Gosh, man, in the 90s. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, uh, they had a jiu-jitsu program there. Well, it was like a sambo program. And I oh, took a couple cool. classes there, but nothing really, like, intense. Or, you know, I was never immersed in it. Right. Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't really start uh, martial arts until uh, my my uh, early 40s mm -hmm. uh, with jiu-jitsu. So, yeah. So how did you come to that? Like, how did you discover that? Well, um, interesting story. Um, I did triathlon for, for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, triathlon was like my coping mechanism. Um, mm -hmm. I was going through a very rough um, marriage. It, my, my, my first marriage was coming to coming to a close. We we're about to close that chapter, and I knew it. And um, and uh, you know, it was uh, it was a very good coping mechanism. It helped me kind of, you know, I was I tell my students that um, if you if you uh, want to get out of your head, get into your body. Yeah, you know, so true. you know, going on a on a on a four-hour, five-hour bike ride, you know, mm -hmm. with hills and everything that you get right. in Arizona, it, it'll get your mind off of your troubles pretty quick. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that was my coping mechanism. Went through my separation. Um, met Amy. Gosh, man, I can't remember. I, I met her on, on July 14th, but I can't remember exactly when I was separated. I wasn't divorced yet when, mm -hmm. I, when I met Amy. But I was really immersed in, in triathlon. Um, I had, a, you know, a tri-bike and, you know, I mm -hmm. do 100-mile rides and, you know, I, my my favorite time to ride was always with the monsoon because there was nobody else out there. Mm -hmm. But it's um, a good time to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, so uh, Amy and I got together. She started going through nursing school. Um, together we had five kids. I had three. She had two. Right. We all lived in a fifteen hundred square foot house, mm -hmm. and uh, and we had three dogs. I think maybe two. Yeah. So we had a very crazy household. So I wanted Amy to be able to focus on on nursing school while I was doing that. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. While I, while I was taking care of the house, you know, yeah. and I was working full time and you know, all that other stuff. But, um, <clears throat> she was going through nursing school with a guy named Kevin Bunyan and Kevin is a black belt at Gracie, Arizona. At the time, oh. Kevin was a blue belt. Okay. And, um, Kevin, Sarah were married at the time. And then Amy and I, you know, we would hang out with Kevin and Sarah. They were both going through the nursing school and Kevin wouldn't shut the hell up about jujitsu. <laughs> like right. he, we couldn't go to a dinner. I mean, I would joke with Amy. I was like, all right, what's the over-under when Kevin starts talking about jiu-jitsu, right? Three right. minutes, two minutes. And it was usually mm -hmm. around the five-minute mark. Right. So, Kevin, you hit the over. Congratulations. <laughs> um, nice. But, um, yeah, so he just kept talking about how great jiu-jitsu was and what it's done for him and jiu-jitsu this, jiu-jitsu that. And then, um, you know, I I, uh, I got out of triathlon <clears throat> because mm – -hmm. um, you know, near misses on with cars and stuff, and it's 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 no good. Right. But, uh, yeah, so I got out of triathlon. I didn't hang up the bike completely. I would go on rides every once in a while, but I was not. I was out of that. I was out of that life. Mm -hmm. 
And, uh, you know, just like everything else, man, I got, just like everybody else, I got heavy. You know, I was in my, you know, uh, late 30s. Mm -hmm. You know, metabolism took a screeching halt. And, right. you know, and all, all the all the beating I put my body through, you mm -hmm. know, all the conditioning I put my body through was, uh, was taking its toll. And, you know, I just quit doing everything. And uh, mentally, I was still strong, but physically I was, I was weak. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I just gained a bunch of weight. I, I went, my last triathlon, my last real triathlon, real by, you know, full distance, mm -hmm. was at, I was at 167 pounds. And then when I stepped into the Jiu-Jitsu Academy, I was 200, almost 240 pounds. Okay. So didn't take long right. you know to get to that weight but uh, anyway um when i decided i want to get myself back in shape after amy was done nursing school i um i just googled uh, jiu-jitsu in mesa mm -hmm. and i walked into uh rough house uh which was like less than a mile from my house mm -hmm. and i was hoping that would work out and didn't you know it was nothing wrong with the place it's great it was a great spot uh, mm -hmm. arthur ruff i didn't get to meet arthur but he had a really good uh brown belt teaching who is now a, a, an amazing black belt uh, named Gerson, he was okay. teaching for Arthur, and uh, Gerson got his got his black belt from Arthur, I believe. But anyway, um, had, took a couple classes there, and then looked at uh, Paul Nava's academy. Mm -hmm. And Paul was um, he had like maybe a fifteen hundred, fourteen hundred square foot facility in uh, same same complex he's in now. He's just he was two two doors down, mm -hmm. and um, I walked in there, and there I didn't know this, I didn't know anything about it. Mm -hmm. So I walked in, and they were getting ready for uh, Pan Am's. And okay. Pan Am's is like one of the biggest tournaments of the year. It's one of the Grand Slams. Okay. So um, they were training like animals. I mean, it was really tough training. I was completely intimidated. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, you, you know how when you walk into a jiu-jitsu academy, everybody's like, "Hey, how's it going?" And not there. Not not a, no. no. That that day, that specific class mm -hmm. was all killers. Gotcha. And um, yeah, so I just thought, well, if this doesn't kill me. I'm gonna get in pretty decent shape, so right. I've been going ever since. I've been going almost every day ever since. So yeah, that's really awesome. Yeah, that's a long drawn out way of saying Kevin got me into jujitsu. <laughs> nice. Um, so I know that you kind of, or at least I, I remember you saying that you started off teaching like kids class, and then you you kind of moved on to teaching uh, like a mixed class yep. and that sort of thing. Yep. Um, so at what point did that? become sort of like a, a passion for you or like you were super dedicated to training because the reason why I say that is because I've met quite a few people that do this mm -hmm. and it's not to say that other people aren't as dedicated as you but like you push really hard mm -hmm. to make sure that you're constantly learning and that you're always helping the students like learn in advance as well as they can too. Yeah, so are you asking like when I became passionate about jiu-jitsu in general or when I became passionate about teaching? Because those are very different. They're very different days. I can go into okay. both if you want. Sure. Uh, yeah, so um, jiu-jitsu, I knew I was in week one. Mm -hmm. I knew I was going to do that the rest of my life. I don't want to climb Everest. I right. don't want to fucking sail the ocean. I don't yeah. excuse. I, can I cross? Yes, by all means. So I, I don't want to sail. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to sail the ocean. I don't want to do anything. I just want to do jiu-jitsu. That's uh -huh. it. If I can do it, you know, any, I'll do it anywhere. You know right. what I mean? Um, but, um, yeah, I knew I was in week one. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, at the time, Paul Nava had a two week trial program. I don't know mm -hmm. if he still does that. And, uh, he was, you know, I told him, Hey, I'm ready to sign up. And he's like, well, finish your two weeks. And right. it was like day three. Okay. You know what I mean? Like I'm, Hey, I'm ready to sign up. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's, I, I knew I was in, uh, but the day I really became like passionate, passionate, passionate about jujitsu, mm -hmm. um, we did a tournament in Vegas. And, um, I remember like, you know, I was already in, right. I was already in, mm -hmm. but I remember having a conversation with Nava 
and a couple other guys, and we're just talking about things in general. Now, now, keep in mind that most of the people in that space that I was in are mm-hmm. much younger than I am. I could be okay. their dad, a lot right. of them, right? Mm-hmm. So Nava and I are about the same age, but he was already a black belt. Um, <clears throat> and um, just hearing him talk about jujitsu mm-hmm. in, in the way he was talking, I mean, this is like outside of the academy. We're having drinks at a bar in Vegas, and we're just two guys talking. Mm-hmm. And the way he talked about jujitsu, it was like he's very passionate about his family. Right. He's almost as passionate about jujitsu as he is about his family. Nice. You know what I mean? It was like when mm-hmm. he was talking about jujitsu, it was like he was talking about one of his kids. Mm-hmm. And I'm a white belt going, holy shit. Yeah. 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 I, I, I feel that. Like, I, I, I don't know that I quite felt that way because mm-hmm. he had been in it for almost 20 years at the time or maybe 15 or 12, 12 years. But, um, but at the time I was like, yeah, I want to feel that way about this, you know? So I decided at that moment, like I'm in, like I'm going to immerse myself in this shit, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, that, that's when, that's when I truly, truly, truly got passionate about not just jujitsu and tournaments and all that crap, mm-hmm. but about affecting people's lives in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And what better method than through a martial art that sucks most of the time. <laughs> right does, right it sucks most yeah. of the time um yeah that's that's kind of the story that that's how i you know i got passionate you know coaching yeah. we can go into whenever, whenever you want but that's that's, yeah. that's when i got passionate about jujitsu so uh it's funny because for people that aren't familiar with jujitsu could you give like what would be the description that you would give to them if if they had no idea what that was like well you know um <clears throat> I can describe I can describe you know the the physical aspects the mental aspects and mm-hmm. you know that that's that's an easy thing but my my buddy John Cabay uh, I think he he said it best and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna screw this up but he called it oh gosh how did how did he put it he go he it's a it's a never ending pursuit of unattainable perfection yeah and that's the truth. Right. There is no, I mean, there's, there's Grandmaster Helio, there's Grandmaster Carlos, you know, all mm-hmm. those guys that, you know, the, the OGs of, of the, the true OGs of the sport right. from Brazil, mm-hmm. but nobody is really a master. And they, not, I'm sure they'll tell you, I mean, if, if they were alive, <laughs> right. but the guys that are alive, the right. red belts that are alive, I mean, they'll tell you that they're not masters of this art. Mm-hmm. There is no mastery. It's right. ever evolving. And they, you know, I, there's even been guys that are, that are red belt. And those of you who don't know, you've got to be a black belt for like 40 years to get a red belt. Okay. So wow. you've been doing it a while. Yeah. Right. It takes average. It takes about 10 years to get your black belt. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, but they'll tell you like some of them have put on white belts again mm-hmm. or wear blue belts because they just, they, they understand that. And they're, they're showing us mm-hmm. that it's a never ending pursuit. Like you are right. never done learning. So mm-hmm. I, that's, that's, I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> so I, I guess I was leaning more towards like the actual, the physical description of it. Physical description. Um, okay. So like normally I would tell people that it's, it's kind of like MMA. Like every time that you see them when they're on the ground, mm. that's basically jujitsu. Yeah. Well, it, it's a combination of a lot of things, man. Jujitsu, jujitsu took like, uh, the better aspects of, I hate to say it that way, but really good aspects of judo, really good aspects of wrestling, mm-hmm. and really good aspects of other grappling and made it their own. Right. So uh, originally, you know, it, the origi- it originated in Japan and it was taught to Brazilians, um, you know, back in like, I, I can't remember what, what year it was, like, you know, it was early on, maybe the 40s or 50s. Mm-hmm. But um, but the, the, the gist of it was they wanted to teach a weaker, smaller opponent to be able to defeat a, a bigger opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And when it started, uh, Carlos Gracie Sr. was like the head instructor. He was the guy that people were going to to learn this art. Mm -hmm. And his brother, Helio, who was very fragile, very frail, uh, sickly Mm -hmm. kid, um, was just, you know, he was kind of sat out to the side to watch. Well, as he's watching, he's kind of developing the system in his brain that where he said, you know, well, I can see where these big brute force moves can be adjusted for someone like me. Mm-hmm. And it just by chance, I think I think the story goes where Carlos was not available to teach a private lesson mm-hmm. and Helio stepped in. He goes, oh, I'll show you. And the person fell in love with his teaching because it was all about leverage and it was all about positioning. Right. Nothing about brute force. So uh, not that Carlos was brute force, but you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like he was a bigger guy. He was a much more able guy. Mm -hmm. Um, And and Helio really, really dialed in that, you know, um, uh, overcoming uh, a larger opponent with technique. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that answers your question. (laughs) No, that's a good way. Um, So who was the guy that got you on Twitter originally? Was Kevin? Kevin Bunyan. Kevin, okay. Yeah, my wife hates him. Okay. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. No, we love Kevin. So what I was going to say is like, do you find yourself in that same space now? Like when you're talking to people, do you just kind of like at some point? Oh, bore the shit out of them? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I can't help it. I can't help it. It's my passion. Right. The thing is like, I see jujitsu in everything, man. Yeah. Like when I'm having dinner with people Mm -hmm. and, you know, and Amy and I are not stuffing our faces with stuff and people are, I'm like, and I'm thinking like, we're the only two ready, prepared to protect ourselves. Right. And at this table, we are the only two ready to protect her. Everybody else is oblivious. Because yeah. I see jujitsu and everything, um, it's uh, I, I you know I don't really talk about when 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 people are asking me about getting physically fit because mm-hmm. you know Amy and I are really really passionate about being physically fit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't bring up jujitsu first. I always bring up diet. I always right. talk about diet, hydration, right? Mm-hmm. Hi, diet, hydration, sleep. Those are the three top things you should do in your life. Mm-hmm. And you know Mark Fraser. I'm going on a tangent right now, but Mark Fraser, who is a five time. Um, um, CrossFit champ, mm-hmm. he said, he put it best, man. He said, if, oh gosh, how did he put it? He said, if, he said, sleep is so good mm-hmm. for you that if it were, if you could ingest it somehow, mm-hmm. it would be an illegal substance. It would okay. be a banned substance. Right. That's how good sleep is for you. And mm-hmm. that's what people neglect. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, you know, I bore the shit out of, I bore the shit out of people with, with mm-hmm. jujitsu, but mostly it's like, I'm talking about my students, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the impact that jiu-jitsu is having on some of my students. Right. Um, you know, we, we, we have an academy, pretty successful academy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, the success is not monetary. The success is very much, you know, the, the, the relationships that I'm seeing develop, lifelong mm-hmm. relationships that I'm seeing develop. Um, when people walk into a jiu-jitsu academy, I don't care where you go. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Come to my school. Go. I don't care where you go. Right. You're going to walk into a community of people that want to help you. And not yeah. just... Not just get physically fit, not learn how to defend yourself. They literally just want to help. Mm-hmm. You know, um, quick story about um, an issue that I had here. Um, HOA was okay. on me about my trees. Okay. Right? They wouldn't let up. Those fuckers. <laughs> but I was like, well, I've got a shitload of trees to trim. Uh-huh. And I've got no way of getting rid of the trimmings. Mm-hmm. The trimmings were laying in my backyard. So I just put it out there on Facebook. Hey, I need a trailer. And my friend Jeremy, um, Jeremy Spitzer, shout out to Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Um, calls me up and he goes, "Hey, I got a trailer. It's got a flat tire, and a uh, and a expired license license mm-hmm. plate. Um, but I'll have it for you on Friday. This was like Tuesday or Wednesday. Mm-hmm. He had the tire fixed. He had the registration done, and he had it parked at Nava's parking lot for me so that I could use. I yeah. used it, brought it back to Nava's parking lot, left it there, and he came and picked it up. That's nice. the kind of people. Listen, I, I know it just it's it's a fucking trailer, 
But that's the kind of people you're going to run into at right. jujitsu. And yeah. he had his own problems. He had my, hit, my trees were not his problem. Right. Right. So yeah. So anyway, that's the kind of that's what I get out of jujitsu. So it's kind of interesting that because like I've studied probably less than two years if you count up because mm -hmm. I've taken breaks here and there mm -hmm. for different reasons. Um, but when I started training with you, um, immediately I understood like why this was important. And I, you know, even, even though I haven't had all of the years of experience that you have and, and the teaching and whatnot, mm -hmm. I still go out of my way to tell everybody that will listen to me about <laughs> jiu-jitsu at some yeah. point. Yeah. You know, I, I use it as like, when I talk to people who have kids, it's like, that's one of the first pieces of, of parenting advice that I give to them. It's like, get your kids into jujitsu. Yeah. It will help them in so many different ways. Yeah. Um, one of the big things that I tell them is that like, one of the greatest things about jujitsu is that when you're when you're training, you can be working with somebody and you find yourself in a bad position and you can tap and just start over. You mm -hmm. get to reset, right? Yep. Um, but the longer that you train and the, and the more that you understand, you, you start to get the idea that you don't have to tap. You can figure this out. Mm -hmm. If you keep thinking and you keep moving, <clears throat> there is a way to change your position and get mm -hmm. into a better one, right? Yeah, yeah. And so it's just like when kids are playing games, you know, that you know you get so many lives or you get to reset or whatever. But in real life, that's not the case. Right. You know, there isn't a reset. You don't get to just tap out and start over again, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Whatever the thing is, whether it's their education, their their physical fitness, their desire to to be good at a sport, whatever the thing is, right? Mm -hmm. If you just keep moving, if you just keep trying, you find a better way, right? Yeah. yeah. And so I think, and this is what I tell parents especially, is that like basically what jujitsu is doing is in a very stealthy way, it's teaching children perseverance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I can't think of a better lesson for them to be learning. Yeah, um, you know, that's that's that you make you make a very good point about what what kids are learning through jujitsu. Um, perseverance is one of them, definitely. Um, confidence, self esteem. Mm -hmm. um, you know how to deal with bullies. Um, a lot of things. Patience. Um, one thing that that jujitsu taught me, and I, I think it teaches people this, and I think subconsciously everybody knows this, mm -hmm. is um, your ability to relax under pressure. Right. Now, jujitsu pressure is not like life pressure, right? Mm -hmm. Life pressure is self-imposed. Life pressure is um, um, uh, like um, this thing in your brain, right? Your head mm -hmm. messing with you. Right. Um, jujitsu pressure is like real pressure. <laughs> right. It's like shoulder in the face, right? Mm -hmm. You know, head grinding into your chin, you know, um, you know, uh, pressure from side control, pressure from mount, you know, not being able to breathe because somebody's pushing in on the diaphragm. Mm -hmm. uh, it's real pressure. But it's all it's all the same. Mm -hmm. If you can control your breathing, you can control pressure. Right. So that's what jujitsu taught me that in my corporate job. Mm -hmm. That's what jujitsu taught me the most. When things get really, really hard, control your breathing. Mm -hmm. Um, if you can control your breathing, you're in business. Um, yeah. and that, that's in, you know, that's when somebody's smashing your face or when you've got a deadline to meet, right? Control your right. breathing, get to work, right? Figure it out, find the better position, like you said. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that, you know, um, another thing that kids are learning, <clears throat> Uh, through competition. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really stress competition. I encourage it, right? But it's right. not mandatory. No one has to compete at my academy. Mm -hmm. um, but what I like about competition for kids is um, it's teaching them some humility. Mm -hmm. And what I love about what, what I love about jujitsu the most is jujitsu doesn't care about how hard you work, how bad you want it, 
<laughs> you know how much you've how much you've sacrificed you it will let you lose mm-hmm. but you get to be better than you were yesterday right. every single day yeah. every single day you get to be better than you were yesterday so kids uh, kids will be learning that as they go mm-hmm. um but i always i always smile because um you know when when uh when i hear about other sports that are you know giving away like you know, uh, consolation prizes and, uh, everybody right. gets a trophy and, uh, no, not keeping score. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what a gift they're giving to my kids. Cause my kids are going to blow them out of the fucking water when they go to an interview, <laughs> when they go to an interview and crack. Right. right? And my kids are like stone faced or this 20 year old freaking stud girl or guy, you know what right. I mean? That have been going through hard times their whole life. Right. They put themselves in that position. You know, mm-hmm. the saddest thing I hear people say to me is mm-hmm. like, is, uh, I never knew how strong I was mm-hmm. until I had to be. I'm like, that's terrible. Yeah. That means you've never put yourself in a bad situation to be strong. Right. It's a muscle. It's yeah. a muscle you have to exercise. Yeah. My kids, the ones that are competing, or even the ones that are not, that are helping these kids get ready for competition, right. they're not going to go through that. They're not mm-hmm. going to go. Th- I use I use Xander Wade as the example all the time. Now, Xander was one of, one of, our, one of our teammates. Um, I never got a chance to coach her. Mm-hmm. Um, well, maybe she was in a couple of my classes, but she was already like an orange belt, you know, teenager. She was mm-hmm. going to mixed levels classes at Novice. But um, Xandra lost her fight uh, with cancer uh, at 16. Very wow. rare form of cancer, very aggressive. Uh, she fought like hell. But I use her as the example, as the example because when this, when this hit her, it was so unfair. Yeah. You know, it, it's so unfair. She's an athlete. You know, she's a good kid. She's a good. She's a good member of the community. Has a great family and. Mm-hmm. You tell me why the world's a better place without her, right? right? You tell me, okay? Yeah. So it's not. But I knew when this happened, I was like, mm-hmm. she, she's going to beat it. Mm-hmm. She's going to fight like hell and she's going to beat it. Right. You know, because she's not going to feel sorry for herself. She's been putting herself in these tough situations. She, she was like five or six, mm-hmm. right? She can do this. Um, I can't say that for every kid. Right. You know, or every adult. You know, I can't I can't say that because mm-hmm. people do not put themselves in hard situations. And jujitsu forces you to. Right. Sometimes your coach, like me, who's an asshole, will make you start in a bad position <laughs> right. and work your way out of it. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the saddest thing I hear people say. I never mm-hmm. knew how strong I was. I'm like, wow, your life is too fucking easy. Yeah. So anyway, I went off on a tangent. I don't no, even know what that, the original question was. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so another thing that I, I try to stress to people is that um, – I worked in security for bars and nightclubs for mm. over 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, event security for concerts, all kinds of things, right? And I've seen so many different fights over the years and understand that like almost every fight you ever see, it inevitably ends up on the ground. Yeah. Because it isn't like a Kung Fu movie. People don't stand and trade punches with each other. Right. They hit each other a couple times, but then yeah. they, they grab each other, they fall on the ground, they try yep. to beat each other up, right? Yep. So if you don't know how to fight on the ground, you were already at a severe disadvantage. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, well, I'm sorry. It was, I, I don't know. There wasn't a question. That was a statement. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. But go ahead. But no, I was, I was going to say that, um, I'm a big believer in learning how to strike. Okay. I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, my passion is jujitsu. I a hundred percent agree with you that mm-hmm. it's going to end up on the ground 90% of the time, but it's going to start on the, on the feet 100% of the time. Right. Unless you're like sitting next to a guy and elbow him in the face, whatever. <laughs> right. But chances are it's going to be standing. So right. if you're not a proficient striker or at least a prof- if you're not proficient at getting under a punch and getting into a clinch mm-hmm. you're gonna have a long day right right so if mm-hmm. you can't shoot in maybe double leg or even clinch and, and take them down mm-hmm. um it's gonna be very difficult and that's one thing that's missing 
in, in jiu-jitsu today, we stress um, a lot of the stuff that we teach is geared around competition. Now, mm-hmm. do I believe that my students could blast double a guy, put him on his back, punch him in the face, and take his back and choke him? Yeah, 100%. However, mm-hmm. if, it, if they're squared off against a true striker, mm-hmm. like a guy that got, has Muay Thai or even like, well, you know how it is. Like six months of jiu-jitsu, you're better than 90% of the people who come through the door. Right. right. Let's just say they have six months of striking. They catch you in the jaw one time. Your knees buckle, you're screwed. Yeah. Right. You're going to end up on bottom and they're going to punch your face in. So that's one thing that we're missing. We're missing that, that self-defense aspect mm-hmm. um, is um, getting under that punch, getting to the clinch, getting them on the ground mm-hmm. and forcing the issue. Right. right. Forcing that issue on the ground. Uh, not tripping over something by chance. Right. Yeah. Getting right. in a position where you can actually do some do some good. Right. Mm-hmm. Not damage. Um I see a lot of uh, cops are getting into jiu-jitsu now. Mm-hmm. Um, the the uh, Arizona um, city police, they're, they're going through their police jiu-jitsu programs. And, you know, good for them. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't like the way it's being implemented, but who the hell am I? Yeah, right. <laughs> right? They're, they they're the experts. I'm not. Like, I'm not right. pulling people over and doing all that shit. Like, they know what yeah. they're doing. But, you know, from an outsider looking in, you know, you can't send somebody to a six-week training program and have them come yeah. back and teach your guys, you know? Like, so I'm, I'm 10 years in, I'm still learning shit. Right. You know what I mean? So anyway, it's, it's kind of a funny thing that like, um, that like when you watch a lot of those police videos, mm-hmm. um, and you see how poorly they are, like mm-hmm. they have no training or mm-hmm. they don't know what they're doing as far as taking somebody down, how to control them and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But even to the extent of like, I catch myself doing this when I watch movies mm-hmm. and I'm thinking somewhere in my head, it's like, if that fucking person just knew even a little bit of jujitsu, this wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I guess obviously the movie can't, has to have that because that's what of it's course. about. But yeah. but in real life, people need to know this sort of thing, you know. Yeah. Especially somebody that's that this is your whole job yeah. is being able to defend yourself and other people. Yeah. If you can't effectively do that, then why are you in this job? Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's two kinds of people, man. Like you know, um, I listen to a lot of podcasts, obviously, because I'm I'm a podcaster myself. Mm-hmm. But I listen to this guy. Um, his name's uh, DJ Shipley. And DJ was a SEAL for, for years, yeah. retired. And, um, you know, it, you can be consumed by that, by mm-hmm. trying to be the best whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So at one point in his life, he cut out everything that didn't make him a better operator. Okay. Cool, but he was married, right? So, right. I mean, that doesn't go away. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to police, I mean, they're just guys trying to do a job. A mm-hmm. very, very... I. Forget difficult. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. It's impossible to do a perfect job as a police officer True. if you're truly doing police work, right? right? You can hide in your car, right, and get you know just kind of you know not not really do the job. But if you're doing like real police work, like your 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 head's on a swivel and you're you're actually policing, mm-hmm. um, it's damn near impossible. I mean, it you're you're meeting people that you know who otherwise you know ninety percent of the time are completely peaceful. You're meeting them mm-hmm. in that ten percent of their time when they're not right right uh the emotions are elevated i mean have you ever been pulled over i'm shaking like a leaf i got nothing to hide right like i'm not a criminal but i'm shaking like a leaf right i don't know Mm -hmm. why but Mm -hmm. it's just that sense of authority right Mm -hmm. and um so you know for them to say you know you know cut out everything that doesn't doesn't make me a better police officer you know uh dedicate all of my time to learning how to fight and shoot and move and communicate okay cool but you also have children at home. You also have a family right. at home, you know, that that needs, you know, mm-hmm. your time. So I'm not a big believer in giving 100 percent. I know that mm-hmm. sounds weird, but if you give 100 percent to one thing, that means you have mm-hmm. no, no energy of zero ever energy for everything else. Mm-hmm. 
my life is broken up into three pieces. You know, now like jujitsu is my job because I quit right. my corporate job, but you know, it's it's work, jujitsu, and family. Mm-hmm. And if you take away any one any one of those three, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. Right. Right. So, but there are three, and if I give any one of them one hundred percent, that means I neglect two. Right. Right. So I've got to break up my day thirty three percent. I mean, I know it sounds weird because everybody's like, oh, give 110. Bitch, you ain't going to give 110. You know right. it, right? So, um, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, 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 I admire those guys. Uh-huh. And, you know, I always, especially when I was doing triathlon, uh-huh. you know, I'd have to go on some long runs. Right. And you don't want to run in a circle. So I would map out these runs, you mm-hmm. know, through Mesa and stuff like that. And then I was like, I would be in the middle of my run thinking, ooh, I screwed up. Mm-hmm. I'm in a bad neighborhood, right? Because yeah. I mapped out a long run. and uh, But I realized no one's really messing with me. They're mm-hmm. just kind of letting me by. And they're not letting me by because they're afraid of me. They're mm-hmm. letting me by because they're afraid of cops. They're afraid of cops and what will happen to them if they fuck with me. Right. Right? Because mm-hmm. I'm going to fight. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to fight until help comes. Right. But it's, gonna come, it's not going to come in the form of a concerned citizen. You know, the concern right. is going to film me getting my ass kicked, right? Yeah. It's going to be a cop that comes in. So I have a lot of respect for those guys. Mm-hmm. It's an impossible job. Mm-hmm. And if they want to learn jujitsu, man, I, I'll, I'll do what I can to help them. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad they're implementing that because I think it's going to save a lot of lives. Yeah. So just to clarify, I, it's not so much that I think that they don't try hard enough or that they're not working enough at it because mm-hmm. they have a lot to deal with already. Yeah. Just like you said, they've, yeah. they've got their own families and yep. what other, other stuff they got going. My my concern has always been for the departments that just don't find enough benefit in it to mm. want to support it or to like provide the training for the officers. Yeah. You know, to the extent, well, now they have to give up some of their time mm-hmm. to go out and, and be able to and train in excess of what they normally would be doing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, 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 you know, they, they need to be incentivized to do so. Yeah. Um, you, you're not going to get through to the old timers. You know, um, there's not a lot of 40 year olds going, Hey, grappling sounds amazing. Right. <laughs> right. I'm, I happen to be one of them, but you know, mm-hmm. it's just not a thing, you know, yeah. you know, it's funny. I, I would get injured <clears throat> and I would go to the, I'd go to the doctor and get it looked at and all the doctors are like, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Like you have a job, you know what I mean? But yeah, you can't help it. But you know, but maybe the new guys coming in, mm-hmm. you know, they're most of them probably UFC fans, you know, most mm-hmm. of them probably, you know, probably you know, wrestle in high school and would mm-hmm. love that outlet. Right. But incentivize them to uh, to learn jujitsu, mm-hmm. and um, you know, as they progress through the belt system, you know, you're going to see a, not only just a better human, but a better leader, you know, a better mm-hmm. father, better community member, right. uh, better policeman, um, and someone that can handle themselves in a in a fight and not have to do damage. Right. Um, you know, I, I've had a lot of my a lot of my friends have, have been you know have gotten into scraps and and uh, you know, but we try to solve everything with like mental jujitsu, right? Like, right. you know, we don't want to fight. We don't, we really don't. I mean, yeah. you're going to have to like jump on me to get me to fight you. Cause I'm not going to, I probably won't respond to a punch. You know what I mean? Why? You right. know, if it doesn't okay. knock me out, who cares? Yeah. But yeah. Um, but, uh, we did a, we did a fundraiser for, for a trooper that passed away years ago, man. It's like almost three years ago. Mm-hmm. But, um, he was a young kid, maybe mm-hmm. 23, 24 years old, young kid. Um, um, not married, but he was engaged. Mm-hmm. And um, he 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 died. He uh, I believe he was I believe he was disarmed, mm-hmm. and then he was shot. I think that's okay. how it happened. I can't quite remember something right. like that. But um, <clears throat> you know, if that guy were like a blue belt, just a blue belt, mm-hmm. couple couple of years of training, mm-hmm. not only could he ruin that guy's day, 
mm-hmm. it would have been a much safer situation. I, I don't know the situation, man. I don't know yeah. what happened. I wasn't there. Right. But I know, like, a blue belt will fuck your day up. Right. He will fuck your day up mm-hmm. if you, if you, if you, you know, push him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or he could hold you down and keep everybody safe. Right. Including, including you. Right. Yeah. He can hold you down and no one gets hurt. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know how to fight, if you don't know how to scrap, if you don't know how to get up, you know, wrestle up from your back, you're going to panic. Yeah. You're going to panic and things are going to go bad. Uh, I'm not saying that's what happened to this trooper. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think had he had, had, had he been a blue belt or maybe some, some of the people around him been blue belts, mm-hmm. um, things would have gone a lot differently for him. Right. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Two years of training. That's it. Two years. Give me two years. Right. So on that point right there. Yeah. So I know that there's a lot of people that, like most things, they'll start into this and they think, wow, this is awesome. And they'll be super dedicated and they're, they're there all the time or, you know, as much as they can be. And then they hit sort of a point and that might be just like a certain length of time or they've hit a certain rank. Mm. And then they start to taper off or they decide they're, they've kind of reached the goal that they wanted to get to. Mm-hmm. It's like where do you find that typically is and how do you, or I don't know if you do or not, do you like encourage people how to get past that point? Like to, so that they don't stop there. So, um, you know, everybody's heard of the blue belt blues. Um, you know, guys get their blue belts, getting your blue belts really hard. Yeah. It's really hard, (laughs) dude. I'm serious. And then, and then you get your blue belt and you know, you're going to do another two years at blue minimum. Mm Mm-hmm. You don't get to teach. You're not doing private lessons. You know, you're not sharing your knowledge. You're mm-hmm. still just a student. You're just a student. Right. Uh, no offense, guys. But, <laughs> but um, it's really difficult to get your blue belt. And people don't understand. It's like a, it's, it's not, not only is it like a, uh, it's, it's in like an apprenticeship program when mm-hmm. you're going through, through your belt rankings. It's like a, uh, it's like a, it's like a, um, a getting a PhD. It okay. takes forever. It takes a long time. <laughs> right. And then if you take a break, you're set back. You're right. set back. I don't care if it's a two-week break or a six-month break. You are set back. Mm-hmm. Sometimes guys will get their blue belt and be like, oh, I plateaued in my in my training. You know, um, you know, um, I'm, I'm not feeling like I'm progressing. You're two years in. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I know it's hard to get your blue up, but you're only two years in. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, had a, I had one of my one of my black belt instructors, a guy named Jonathan Van Buren. He um, he got his black belt, but before he was my instructor, he was he was I knew him as a brown belt, and he described it really well. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm at the base of the mountain now. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to climb the mountain. Right. Right. So there's so much left to learn, even at a black belt level. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So um, to say that you've plateaued or you know, tell me your needs have changed. Right. You know what I mean? I'm cool yeah. with that. Right. You know, hey, th- this is no longer my thing. Okay, cool. Don't tell me you plateaued in your training. Don't tell me you're not learning anymore. Right. Because right? that's that's garbage. That's not true. Yeah. Um, but some people need that. You know, they need that immediate satisfaction. They need to. They need to feel like, you know, um, like you know, they're 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 progressing in such a way that they they feel good about themselves. They're mm-hmm. they're not willing to grind it out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. Maybe something's not going their way. Maybe they're just getting worked, mm-hmm. right? And they're confused as to why. Well, I I tell I tell my students when you're confused, mm-hmm. when you're like your brain's just not working, you can't quite understand why things are happening. Mm-hmm. You're about to make a very significant breakthrough. Right. You're on the verge of a breakthrough. If you quit, that mm-hmm. breakthrough will never come. 
Hmm. Okay. Gotcha. And if you, if you push through it, that breakthrough comes and holy shit, I'm a purple belt. Wow. And I get it. Yeah. I got that, that, that switch is flipped and I understand this now. Uh-huh. Sometimes your brain is not ready to accept what it's trying to, what it's, what it sees. Mm-hmm. And it takes a little while. Okay. I don't know if that answers your question, but there's so many variables in that quitting process of right. the blue belt. Yeah. Um, that, uh, I don't understand. I don't understand it. First of all, right. I never, ever, ever thought about quitting. Right. Um, I've had some things that have really like significantly, um, um, made me question why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I've never thought about like, I'm, I don't want to do this anymore. That's right. never crossed my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I figure that it's it's like a lot of things where uh, when let, let's take a video game for an example, you know, mm. like when you start off, you know, you're you're leveling up fairly quickly because mm. the levels are really short and they're easy yep. and you're making progress. You have some way to, to, to discern I'm making progress. Right. Yep. Um, obviously, I haven't hit a blue belt yet, so I don't know this, but my suspicion is that it's kind of the same thing. Once you hit that point, the the delta between hitting that belt and getting the next piece of recognition or even like a stripe on your belt or something like that is a little wider. So mm-hmm. now it's, it feels like maybe you're not, you're not progressing kind of like what you said, mm-hmm. because you don't see it. You don't have that something to represent that for you. Right. You just have to kind of keep going with it and understand that you are going to get there eventually. Mm-hmm. It's just that now you've hit a stage where the low levels, they were easy because there wasn't that much to learn yeah. in between each one. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> but going from here to here, you know, now there's a lot more to learn yeah. and you got to accomplish all that first. Then we can move forward. Yeah. You know, you so. know who doesn't go through that? Who's that? Wrestlers. Okay. Wrestlers don't give a shit about a belt. <laughs> right. I love wrestlers. I freaking, mm-hmm. I've never wrestled. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I never, uh, my high school, my uh, my high school didn't have a wrestling team. Uh-huh. Um, but, um, you know, Texas at the time was not really big on wrestling. It's getting bigger, but it mm-hmm. wasn't really big then. But wrestlers don't give a shit about a belt. Right. They just go there and they party, dude. It's like they're there like to relive those days. Mm-hmm. So, jujitsu. If you are a 280, well, in my case, I was 240 pound just mm-hmm. slob at 40 years old. You mm-hmm. could walk into a jujitsu academy and you can play. Right. You absolutely can. Mm-hmm. Jujitsu is for everybody. I love it. That's what I love the most about it. Mm-hmm. Wrestling is not. Right. There is a price to pay just to learn technique in wrestling. You mm-hmm. can't show up a slob and expect to wrestle. Right. They'll kill you. They yeah. will kill you just with the technique. Oh, yeah. They will They will wash you out faster than any other sport. Mm-hmm. So every good wrestler that I know did other sports just to be ready for wrestling. Okay. Think about that. Yeah. Think about how hard it is to hit a baseball. Think mm-hmm. about how hard it is to swim across a pool. Think about how hard it is to jump and run and do all that shit in track. They're only doing it for wrestling season. Right. That's that's how hard it is. So wrestlers get their blue belt. They're like, okay. Or if they even show up for promotion. Yeah. If they even show up for promotion, they're like, yeah, okay, I'm blue belt. Awesome, right? Right. But then they get the purple belt. Mm-hmm. And at purple belt, the technical level is so high mm-hmm. that no one gives a shit about a wrestler. Right, okay. No offense, guys. I love you. Yeah. You really, you guys are bad motherfuckers, man. You guys are <laughs> bad men. Right. But- the technical level at purple belt is so high mm-hmm. that when you go in there and take them down, okay, took me down, awesome. You're not going to pass my guard. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, oh, your hand's on the mat. Oh, big mistake, pal. Right. You know what I mean? So it's it's that's where they might get discouraged, mm-hmm. but they evolve. That's the thing about wrestlers, man. They evolve so quickly. Right. Like, they love that. They love getting caught. Mm-hmm. They love it because, okay, learn something new. Boom. 
guys that have never been through wrestling, mm-hmm. as soon as they get caught as a blue belt, they're getting caught in triangles, they're getting caught in this or that, they want to quit. Yeah. They want to quit. Wrestlers are a different breed, man. Mm-hmm. I love teaching wrestlers. Right. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. You can always tell when you're when you're squared off with a wrestler because they're so fucking squirrely. They're just all yeah. over the place. Yeah. Can't <laughs> them. You yeah. know, you yeah. know, they're they're just their whole different mindset is how they go into it. Yeah. Um but yeah. they really are great to train with. They're they're so. amazing. Um there's a there's a guy named Blaze Chatham. <clears throat> Blaze joined the Navy. Um and uh, he he lived here for a while. I think he I think he wrestled at uh I want to say like William and Mary or something like that on the on the East Coast in Virginia, but mm-hmm. um, Blaze is the guy that taught me how to drill. Okay, he and I were white belts together, and when we were doing a drill, he would just put his head down and he would drill until they told him to stop. Okay, that's all we did. We drilled until we were told to stop, and he's the one that taught me that. You know, right. um, you look at jujitsu; it, it makes it, it infuriates me. But if you look at like a jujitsu mat mm-hmm. during class. You see guys do the drill three, four times, and then they're sitting back. They're on their hands with their ass on the mat, you know, legs extended like they got it. Right. And Blaze was not like that. Mm-hmm. Just drill and drill and drill and drill and drill. But mm-hmm. let me tell you something: when you when you roll with that guy, you knew it. You knew, yeah. He was, yeah you knew he could play, man. He was he was really cool. But he taught me how to drill because I never wrestled, so I never I didn't have that right. background that he had. So very, very, very mm-hmm. good for me. So that is another thing that I've noticed when I was training with you versus other instructors. Other instructors tend to focus a lot on the whole, we're going to run around in circles, we're mm-hmm. going to do things you know, mm-hmm. up and down the mat, mm-hmm. um, um, versus you, the way that you had us starting was basically just drills and, mm-hmm. and like things that were very um, effective to what we were going to be doing, yeah, you know, yeah. and just the fundamental things that you need to know and you mm-hmm. need to like be practiced at, mm-hmm. you know, so you can shrimp up and down the mat. Yes, that that's wonderful, but that's not the same thing as, as some of the more, uh, you know, technical things that you were doing, having mm-hmm. us too, you know, mm-hmm. a leg drag to a neon belly or, you know, whatever it was, there, there's like real practical application there mm-hmm. aside from just that one movement. Yeah. So, um, so I, I break up my training in, in three different segments. Mm-hmm. So first would be fundamentals. Now, in fundamentals, we are going to front roll. We are going to back roll. We are going to shrimp up and down the mat. We're going to do all that stuff every mm-hmm. day. Every day. We're mm-hmm. going to do Toriano passes. We're going to do leg drags until you hate me. <laughs> and um, with a with a mixed levels class, right. <clears throat> I'm going to do more of the functional type stuff, mm-hmm. right? Uh, over, under, passing drills and, you know, switching directions and all that stuff and things that pertain to what we're, the lesson plan is for that month. Mm-hmm. Um now, when you get into, because I expect you to already know the fundamental stuff. I right. expect that. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, go back to fundies, pal. You know right. what I mean? Come back and see me. So um, now when you go into an advanced situation where I'm doing a competition class, which is very, maybe once a week, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we anyway. But number one, mm-hmm. I expect you to know the fundamentals. Number two, I expect you to know the drills. Mm-hmm. Number three, I expect you to have your cardio down. We're there to train jujitsu. Right. Right. All that. If you're there to get in shape, you're out. You're out. I want you out of that room. Right. Go run. Go run. Go swim. Go get on a bike. Come back when you're when you're ready. Mm-hmm. I I use that wrestler's mentality uh-huh. in in the advanced class because I don't have time to get you in shape. Right. Yeah. We have a very short period of time to learn how to win the next tournament. Right. Yeah. How to grind out wins and getting you in shape is not part of the plan. You should already be in shape. Right. So that's kind of how I break it out. So fundamentals. I don't expect you to have any knowledge be in any kind of shape, anything. I don't expect Mm -hmm. anything out of you. I just want to teach you the fundies, right? Right. Mixed levels, you got to have that fundies down. Advanced, you better have it all down before you come see me and you better be in shape. 
Right. Otherwise, they're just wasting your time. You're wasting my time. Yeah. yeah. We're wasting each other's time. Right. Yeah. So I know that when you when you start into the uh, into jujitsu, right? There, there's certain things that you just sort of honestly understand that you're gonna you're going to learn skills. You're gonna um, get better, like with your your physical fitness. Uh, you know, you the the things that you just sort of know, kind of going into it. You expect these mm. things. You're going to gain them over time, right? Yeah. So, what is something? What is an effect that that jujitsu has had on your life that was completely unexpected? Wow, um, that one's actually really easy for me to answer because it happened pretty recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for a long time, I, I, I chased a dollar, you know, in mm-hmm. my in my uh, my corporate job. I was in sales, and that's all I did. Mm-hmm. That was like my identity, right? Um, I love the, the competitive aspect of sales. So I really got into it mm-hmm. and it, it can get a little dirty sometimes, you know what yeah. I mean? Which I didn't like, but, um, but yeah, so I got into that, you know, I, I came out of the Navy in, in 2000, that seems like a long time ago, but it's right. really not. I tell myself that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, right. a long time ago, man, in, in, in 2000. And, you know, when I was in the Navy, you know, I always wanted to, I wanted to compete for the toughest jobs. I wanted to do, you know, all that stuff. And I wanted mm-hmm. to be as good as I could. And I came out of the Navy and I didn't have that identity anymore. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, I was that guy. You know, if my boss needed something, he came to me. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I was yeah. always that guy that got shit done. Uh-huh. And I love that, you know. And when I came out of the Navy, like, the Navy will put you through this two-week program, like, to teach you how to, like, transfer to the civilian world Mm -hmm. and they don't teach you anything like they well they teach you how to write resumes you know you work with headhunters and stuff like that and it's like a big pool of like whatever but i had no idea what i was going to do i had two kids a mortgage and a minivan and i had no clue what i was going to do when i got out right that's 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 scary but um i'm literally sitting at this table with like eight other people and we're kind of talking about what we're you know what's what's the next step mm-hmm. and one guy goes oh yeah man i'm gonna be a service tech and i'm gonna do this i'm like hey well, what is that what, what do you mean service tech and he goes oh yeah man i you know you're in a van and you drive around town you fix shit and people tell you where to go and you're kind of your own boss and i'm like oh i like that you know yeah so i was like yeah maybe i'll do that mm-hmm. and i got on with this company uh, uh johnson controls mm-hmm. and i was on my way to the interview and it's an hvac company heating ventilation air conditioning Mm-hmm. I say that because I had no idea what HVAC stood for at the time. I'm not kidding. Right. I'm on my way to the interview. I pull over. <clears throat> I didn't have a cell phone at the time. I call my buddy. I'm mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm on my way to interview with an HVAC company. And he's like, okay. And I was right. like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, what is that? Yeah. So anyway, somehow I got the job. And I've been in that, in that industry for a while. Well, for the past 20 years, I've been trying to just fit in. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, I got into project management, then I got into sales. And when I got into sales, I'm surrounded by degreed engineers. Like these guys all have been to engineering school. Mm-hmm. These guys were all like, you know, super nerds, like in, in a good way. Like right. they understood, they, they knew their shit. So I had to pretend to be that right, right. for a long time. And what jujitsu showed me was what the universe has been trying to tell me all along. Like mm-hmm. I can teach and I can do technical shit. Right. right. Like I was a, I was a small arms instructor in the Navy. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I, I was passionate about it. I think I did a good job. Mm-hmm. And, um, when I started learning jujitsu, like the universe is like, Hey, you're a kid's coach now. Check this out. 
No, no, I'm thinking, oh, I'm just, I got to go chase a dollar. Okay, stupid, keep going. Hey, you're an adult <laughs> coach. You have a morning class that's doing really well. Right. I mean, this could be something, right? And I'm like, no, 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 I got to chase this dollar. So I'd go back to my corporate job. Okay, stupid, keep doing what you're doing. Finally, I listened. And um, yeah, what you just showed me is it literally peeled me open and it showed me who I really am. And I actually love that guy. I fucking love who I am. Right. And I didn't for a long time. I was pretending to be someone else. Yeah. Right. You can only do you. And once you find out who you is, you're going to love that guy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. I quit my job. <laughs> yeah. I quit my job. Nice. Um, yeah. Six figure salary plus commission. And I walked away from it to do jujitsu full time. Nice. Yeah. Um, so kind of along with that, when you've been teaching now for how many years? Like five years. Five sorry. Years? To, sorry to drink no, into the mic. That, I hate that okay. sound guys. I'm so sorry. <laughs> five years won't happen again. Yeah. Five years. Um, I started teaching, um, you want me to go into that? Yeah. Okay. So, um, I started teaching as a blue belt and here's okay. how that happened. We had a guy stud freaking purple belt at the time. He's a amazing black belt now, uh, named, uh, Josh. Josh Rodriguez. Mm -hmm. Josh is a good friend of mine. I freaking love that guy. He's he's probably the reason I stuck with jujitsu as a white belt. Okay. Because he was so encouraging. He and Paul, uh -huh. you know, um, but he was my guy. He was my morning instructor, right? And mm -hmm. I and I love training in the morning. And for a long time, it was like two people, maybe three. So mm -hmm. we were getting like private lessons with Josh. So um, <clears throat> Josh was also our kids coach, mm -hmm. and Nava needed someone to assist on Wednesdays mm -hmm. uh, with the kids program. And I was like, uh, one day a week? Yeah, I'll do that, mm -hmm. right? So I'm helping, and uh, I think I think what happened was I was doing Nogi Wednesday because Josh had to teach at his home school, or maybe mm -hmm. he was training that day, whatever. But anyway, I was doing one day a week. Mm -hmm. Piece of cake, right? Well, Josh got an opportunity to teach somewhere else, and he left. Mm -hmm. So we had nobody to teach the kids class, and I was like, you know, pulling his hair out. Like he goes, well, I guess I have to do it. And then he looks at me, he goes, do you want to do it? And I'm like, what? Like I agree to one day, dude, like yeah. one day. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but me being me, mm -hmm. I just said, Hey, if I'm going to be the guy, then I'm the guy. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be the guy with someone looking over my shoulder. I'm going to run with this program. I said, if I fail, fire me. Right. But if I succeed, you got to let me just run with it. Right. And he's like, yeah, you're the guy. So as a blue belt, I think I was like, two stripe maybe three stripe blue belt mm -hmm. um i i helped nava build that that kids program it was very successful right. I, I really enjoyed doing it um the thing about coaching versus just just um you know just uh being a student or you know one of the competitive athletes in the room is um there's a time when you come back from competition and there's like a literal depression that you mm -hmm. go through because you put so much if you truly put the time in mm -hmm. You put, you truly put the time in, blood, sweat, tears, sacrifice, mm -hmm. and then you go to and compete, and then win or lose, it's over. Win mm -hmm. or lose, it's over, right? right? Good result, bad result, who gives a shit? It's over. Mm -hmm. And then you got to come back, and you're like, holy shit, it's over. What do I do now? You you literally hit a depression. Right. Well, what it did for me was like, I didn't have the choice to not show up on Monday morning. Right. I had kids to teach, mm -hmm. right? So I jumped right out of that funk with their energy and their enthusiasm and, you know, some bad kids, some good kids, who cared? Right. They, were, they all gave me this really good energy and I was back. Like I was back within a couple of days. I was like, okay, mm -hmm. I'm good. 
-hmm. some a lot of people don't have that so if you don't have if you if you go through that depression maybe teaching could be an avenue to mm -hmm. you know help you but then um so everything was going fine mm -hmm. but me being me chasing a dollar i found an opportunity for another company that i could go to that's going to give me like i don't fucking know man not a whole lot more but more right and you know no it was a whole lot more because i originally told the guy so guy calls me says hey let's meet he's a sales sales manager regional blah 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 emperor mm -hmm. or whatever the fuck they are now but um and he says let's meet let's have lunch and we went to this place had lunch and um He's like, well, what would it take to get you to, to jump? Because I told him about how happy I was. I was, I, And I was. I was happy. I mm -hmm. had a great boss. I had a great team. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I literally told him, I'm not worth what it would take. Right. So I gave him a number, right? And I, I the only, the, honestly, the only pushback I got from them was like, oh, we can't give you that much vacation. I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, whatever, you know. Right? But I got the money that I wanted. And, yeah. um and I hated the job. Okay. That's the second time I had made a choice. I had mm -hmm. made a decision based on money mm -hmm. and I regretted each one. Yeah. So anyway, fucking hated that job. Paid paid well, but I hated it. Right. And I knew I like no. Anyway. <clears throat> so my boss at the time he's an old school guy, whatever, you know, and I'm I'm a sales guy. I'm an outside sales guy. We mm -hmm. are different we are different people. Okay. Right. Um, we get bored real easy. So right. we just go out and see customers and we take them to lunches and we do all this thing, trying to drum up business. And we're on the phone, on the road constantly. The office isn't even a freaking thought unless we got to print something out. Right. Because I'm not going to use my freaking printer. Right. Right. So, um, so I get a call from my boss and he's like, Hey, where are you? I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. He's like, where are you? I'm like, uh, Gilbert, why aren't you in the office? What? Like, it just, my brain wasn't accepting this conversation. You know, right. I'm like, do you need me in the office? Yeah, I need, I need you in the office. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So I went out there and it was like 4.30, 4.45 and I drive out to the office and I'm like, what's up, man? And I had a kid's class to teach at five, by the way. Okay. Yeah. So he's like, you need to be in here at 4.30 every day. I'm like, okay, um, what are we doing? He goes, no, you just need to be here. It, he wanted someone to bullshit with, literally. We would sit in his, <laughs> we would sit in his office, and we would bullshit. He's an old school guy. Like you, right. you hang out at work. Like these right. are your family. These are no, yeah. dude. I don't want. I don't care about your weekend. Yeah, you know what I mean. I wanted to go do my thing anyway. So I went to Paul, and I was like, "Hey, man, I don't think I'm gonna be able to do this like the kids' class. Yeah, consistently because this dude is nuts, right? Yeah, yeah. old school thinking though. I mean, I, I have mm -hmm. nothing. Good man, Jeff mm -hmm. was a good man. Don't get me wrong, but mm -hmm. anyway, um, but. Uh, so Paul goes, hey, it's funny you should say that because I need a morning guy. I'm like, I'm in. I'll take it. <laughs> right. So at 6 a.m., I had mm -hmm. the morning class. That's how I started the zombie crew. That's right. how I started with the zombie crew. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I, I, I taught the morning class for, you know, I don't know, like three years. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I got my black belt. And then, uh, yeah, after, right after we got shut down with COVID, I, I, I decided I wanted to do my own thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how that evolved. Yeah. So the funny thing about that did is, I even answer your question? Yeah, it did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the zombie crew that you're referring to—that's when Hunter and I had started with you. Yes. Um, yes. And it was it was originally just like I think there were like four of us in there. Yeah, I was uh, a purple belt at the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so it was a really small class, and that evolved to being like well over 14 guys that yeah, were showing so up consistently. My, my <laughs> last day with the zombie crew, uh -huh. we had 35 people on the map. Wow. My last day. 
Um, so my first day we had three mm-hmm. and I, I, I told Nava, I said, I'm going to have 30 on this mat. You watch. And right. he was like, no way. I was like, I'm going to have 30 people on this match. You watch. Yeah. You watch. And we would have like, dude, look at the pictures, man. We'd have 18, we'd have 20, oh, yeah. you know, pretty, co- I mean, not consistently, but that was a pretty a lot, big yeah. class, but average was 10 to 12, 10 to 12, at least at yeah. 6 AM. That's not, that's not bad. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and kind of coming back to something else that you said earlier, like mm. one of the, the most important elements of jujitsu, which again is something I don't think people realize mm-hmm. is there is a sense of community there mm. that you will very rarely find any place else. Agreed. And yeah. part of that was. And I've told you this before, too, that the reason why Hunter and I, because we had gone to like three different schools before we went to Navas. Okay. Right? And when we walked in there, there was something that was just very welcoming about the school and you specifically. Like, we walked in there and <clears throat> and I saw you and, and you lit up like, hey, how you doing? You know? <laughs> you know? Yeah, it just, that was, you were yeah. just like happy to see us, yeah. you know? And we yeah. had never been there before. Yeah, that that's my happy place, man. Yeah, that is my happy place. And so that was a that was a big reason why we just said, okay, we're going to choose this school versus someplace else. Oh, cool. But then even that, like we were coming into that six a.m. class, yep. and you understood that Hunter and I were just starting. Yep, we didn't have the fundamentals, and you were this was already kind of a mixed class. Yep. So you volunteered to come in an hour earlier. Yep. Just to help us. Yep. I got. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna have expectations of you guys, then I'm yeah. gonna raise my expectations of myself. Yeah. You know, so yeah, so yeah. I remember we were coming in what forty five minutes, maybe an hour earlier, yeah. and the guys that weren't fundamentally there, we would get them fundamentally there. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that was a huge help for us just in the initial part of that. Yeah, I have a bill. I have a bill, by the way. I'll send you the invoice. There you go. <laughs> just kidding. Because I remember starting off. Um, you know, it'd be training. I was training with John Williams mm. and, you know, I'd have him inside control. And he's, he was telling me, it's like, okay, you're in a really good position. I was like, really? I am? <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. Where do I go from here? Like, yeah. so it, like having that extra, you know, again, the fundamentals are yeah. very important. Yeah. You have to kind of know where to go or what to do. So. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I learned a lot uh, mm-hmm. teaching there. You know, when you're teaching kids, it's one thing mm-hmm. because kids are sponges. So if you study enough, and you apply yourself enough, you can learn some pretty good technique to teach them. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really focused on helping them win tournaments, although they did. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly I was just trying to get them like the fundamentals down. Mm-hmm. And honestly, selfishly, I was learning that shit too. I was a blue belt. Right. You know, I was a blue belt. I needed to learn fundamentals. Like one thing that I realized, late blue belt, maybe third stripe blue belt, is mm-hmm. like, I'm not a technician. Like I can win tournaments, but I'm not a technician. Mm-hmm. So I went back and I started studying. Um, my friend Justin and I, we uh, we got a, a BJJ Fanatics uh, account. Okay. And he and I were splitting videos. Like we'd split the cost of videos because they're not cheap. Right. But there's like literally everybody who's anybody makes a video and they just show you their shit. Yeah. They just show you st- their stuff and you're like, holy crap. And they're going into such detail. So like the why, right? I'm really big on the why. Mm-hmm. Um and I started learning, learning, learning. I learned how to teach, mm-hmm. which is most important. Um, right. There's certain things that you do, like naturally, mm-hmm. that you forget to talk about when you're teaching somebody. Right. Right. So yeah. So I, I learned I learned a lot as a uh, as a kids coach, and then as an adults coach, mm-hmm. um, there was a, a more of a leadership component there. Like mm-hmm. I had to, I had to own the room because I had people right. that were belted higher than I was, oh, yeah. and I was teaching them. Mm-hmm. And the biggest compliment. I would get was like, you know, the guys that are like black belts and stuff like, they're like, Hey, you showed me some shit today. Mm -hmm. That's a big compliment. 
mm-hmm. you know, especially a purple belt, you know, to a, a black belt to a purple belt. Mm-hmm. That's a big compliment. And I, and I really, um, I learned to read the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took me a while. But right. I learned to read the room. Like uh, I would go in with a game plan. You know, I would, I, I I would take pages and pages and pages of notes. I would consolidate consolidate the notes into these index cards, and I would flip through the index cards before class. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna hit these three four points, right? And then I would read the room. I was like, nope, we're not gonna get to it. We're just not right. right? We're gonna yeah. work on just grips, you know, because the room is like not at that level. Uh-huh. So um, that's 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 another thing, like that that leadership aspect, and also like reading the room, mm-hmm. like. Nobody in there wanted to shrimp up and down the mat, do front rolls, back rolls, any of that shit. Yeah. So it was all functional stuff. Yeah. And that's what kept people coming, uh-huh. you know? And uh, one thing that I do when I'm teaching that um, that has helped me in the, in the past is I, is I, I, I teach systematically. Mm-hmm. So I'll teach you one thing, and then I'll give you another nugget next time, and mm-hmm. then another, and then another, but it build, all builds on top of each other. Right. If you miss, you'll know it because yeah. you're behind. So what I'll do is like I'll teach something, and at the end of the class, I'll say, hey, this is what I'm going over on Wednesday or whatever. And then I'll show it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, please don't miss. Right. And that would get people to show. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's kind of the, the philosophy I used. It works really well. Worked like a champ. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in in all the time that you've been training, like what's like from, from one of your students, like what's the most, I guess, meaningful feedback that you've ever gotten from somebody, like, like a positive feedback? thing that they've given to that's you. easy man Corey smith yeah Corey smith is a guy <clears throat> started jiu-jitsu probably when he was 39 completely out of shape mm-hmm. um not really athletic guy um he had a cancer um in his spine that was wow. removed as a kid so he's got his spine does some funky stuff mm-hmm. and um he is uh in constant pain mm-hmm. in constant pain I mean, his spine, his back hurts him all the time. And he literally has to stop sometime and do some, like, you know, meditation and some breathing exercises just to get past it. Uh-huh. And um, Corey has every reason to skip a lot of the stuff that we do. Mm-hmm. Okay? Every reason. Front rolls, back rolls, all that stuff. They, they hurt him. Yeah. But he, he, doesn't, he doesn't skip anything. Okay? And one day I'm sitting with him, like, having the talk, like, how's it going, buddy? Yeah. You know? How you feeling? And he says, uh, he says, Coach, this was the best investment I've ever made in myself. I had to walk away because I got a little like choked up. Yeah. No one's ever said that to me. Like that is that is probably the highest compliment I can get. You know, and it's all about him. He mm-hmm. made the investment in himself. He put in all the work, mm-hmm. but he did it at our academy, which mm-hmm. means a lot, man. That's that's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Huh. Well, hopefully. I know that there are probably a lot of people that feel that same way, even if they don't necessarily verbalize it to you. Yeah. Um, the fact that they're showing up yeah. consistently, you know, yeah. that in itself is a compliment that you're you're the person they want to learn from. You're, yeah, you're the I reason mean, why they're well, there. It's, it's not just me. You know, I have we have, we have a great team. Mm-hmm. We have an amazing team of coaches, man. Chris, Chris is a great coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Academia, my business partner. Um, we um, we're gonna shake things up. Uh, coming January one, I'm so mm-hmm. excited. Okay. Uh, but we got uh, um, Tom, um, mm-hmm. Tom Goggin. He's my morning uh, nogi coach. Um, Tom is probably like, if you feel bad about anything, go see Tom. Right? <laughs> he won't even talk to you. He won't. Even, his his enthusiasm for what uh-huh. he does, this coaching yeah. enthusiasm. He's a black belt, um, but his enthusiasm for just being in the room with you is contagious. Like yeah. you cannot help but be in a good good mood around Tom. Mm-hmm. Um, 
He's your biggest cheerleader. He's your best friend. Mm-hmm. And he genuinely cares. Now, some people, some people care in the moment, right? Mm-hmm. They truly care about you in the moment, in the moment. Mm-hmm. But Tom is that guy that'll come to me and go, Hey man, I haven't seen this guy in like four days. What's going on with him? Wow. You know, that's not the moment. That's like, he's remembering like, Oh man, you're, you're, he misses you. Right. right? So I think, uh, I think that's huge. Um, we've got Tiffany, our strength coach. Mm-hmm. Tiffany is about five foot two and she's a beast man she's yeah. a beast and uh she was my very first she's the first person that gave me a a, a diet plan and mm-hmm. completely transformed me i mean it really she did a great job mm-hmm. um you know we have um, a couple guys have been stepping up mm-hmm. uh for some other classes and i'll, I'll announce those later because uh, those are going to be some of the changes that we come up that we that we have in january mm-hmm. but uh a lot of things curriculum wise we're going to change next year okay um yeah so it's going to be very exciting that's fine very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So just keep showing up. <laughs> right. Uh, so I know that you have other things going on today and yeah. I want to be respectful of your time. I appreciate that. Um, so Bo, do you have any, uh, anything that you'd like to ask of the audience, anything you'd like to share about your academy, any of those things? Yeah. Yeah. So if you're, if you're looking to, uh, train and you're in the East Valley, um, we are Aries East Mesa Brazilian Jiu Jitsu Academy out of, uh, uh, Mesa, Arizona, um, Ellsworth, and Guadalupe are across streets, mm-hmm. uh, 9245 East Guadalupe Road, uh, Suite 105. Um, we are there six days a week. We close on Sundays, but uh, we have an open mat on Saturday from 9 to 11. If mm-hmm. you guys want to come in and, and get some rounds in, we get a lot of people from a lot of different academies going in. It's, it's, a, oh, nice. it's a beautiful vibe. Um, uh, Instagram, we are uh, Aries East Mesa BJJ. Uh, also, uh, you know, our website is, uh, has our schedule on it and it's, and it's up to date. Aries East Mesa Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, uh, com. And, um, I have a podcast that you didn't bring up. I can't believe you didn't bring <laughs> no. it up. Unbelievable. No, I'm, <laughs> just I'm just kidding. No, I appreciate the opportunity, man. Uh, so my podcast is, uh, the BJJ Foxcast mm-hmm. and, uh, we have 20, Five episodes released, and we're going. We just recorded our twenty sixth. We're recording twenty seven to uh, Tuesday. Um, episode twenty seven is going to be with a guy named Richard Bressler. Okay. Richard Richard is a uh, gentleman who was uh, Hori and Gracie's first student in the United States. For those wow. of you that don't know who Hori and Gracie is, Hori and Gracie brought jujitsu to the U.S. Wow. Okay, he was responsible. He was appointed by by Helio to bring mm-hmm. jujitsu to the U.S. He was the leader of their of their of their family mm-hmm. to to bring Gracie jujitsu here. So, um, awesome story, um, awesome story on how they met, and uh, he and he and Richard, and uh, we're gonna. He, Richard wrote a book called Worth Defending. And those of you, if you're looking to learn about history of jujitsu, that is an awesome book. It is wow. an awesome book to read. Nice. Uh, that and Breathe by Hicks and Gracie, pretty recent okay. book. Those two, I've read them back to back. They are awesome. Um, anyway, uh, let's see. BJJ Foxcast, we're on Instagram. We're on uh, Facebook. And uh, we have a website that I've put no time into, so don't go there. <laughs> so, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was fantastic meeting with you and yeah. and getting to have this conversation. Like I said, I was really excited. You, I, I really wanted you to be the first person that I interviewed because – this is important you yeah. know, and, and I feel like you're the best person to kind of share that with. So I appreciate that, man. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to do it again. This was fun. Absolutely. All right, bro. All right, take care. Yeah.